Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Verderam and Mark Carmen. Well, well, well. Welcome in to Stack in the Box and proud new second time, third time parent, my guy, Matt Verderam. Verderam, I don't, you know, I don't want to get emotional on the show here at the start here, but uh, I missed you, buddy. I, oh, I actually. That's fine. There's no reason to get emotional. I, uh, I, I missed you too, Carm. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad to be back. I, I'm excited to be back. I've missed doing the show the last couple of weeks, um, and uh, we have we have a good amount to get to. We have a good amount to get to. This is always kind of a little bit of a dead period between the draft and and, and free agency, but now we're we're nine days away from the draft, so um, it is it is time to get the party started. Well, before we do that, and uh, Jay Ward giving you goat mentions here is just just a big time thing. Uh, Jerry, I talked Always. to, I talked to a, an actual goat yesterday in, in Jerry Rice. We might play a clip of that on your Verderam on the fly, uh, but but um, I, I do want to know what grade you're giving yourself in the early going here of this uh, f- further parenting challenge that you've taken on. Uh, how how would you say you've done here now? Two plus weeks in, I, you know, be honest, please. Uh, I, I give myself an A. I mean, I, look, I, I stay up every night. We do it in shifts, right? We parent, we parent shifts. So obviously during the day, we're just both there, but then, um, Steph likes to go to bed early and I never do anyway. So I take uh, Genevieve from 8 PM to 2 AM and I just put her, you can actually almost see it over my, my shoulder or wrong shoulder over this shoulder over here. If you're watching on YouTube, there's a rock and play in the back corner. Um, and, uh, so it's, uh, Schefter texting you. No, no, actually my agent was texting me, but in any event, um, yeah. So point being, she's there for six hours and, uh, it's good. She sleeps, she sleeps great. I feed her a couple times, change her a couple times. We're in good shape. It's going well. It's going well. I have no complaints. Do you, do you, uh, 
uh, just uh, and I'll move on here. I know everybody wants to hear football, but I do want to know, like, on the changing technique, how much better are you now? How quickly can you get it done? How efficient are you? Have you been peed on? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been peed on. Yeah. But, but I think that kind of just comes with territory. Um, it's, uh, it's been good. I mean, it's, it's, it's been, honestly, it's been, it's been good. I can't complain. Um, I think it's a lot easier the second time around because you're just not as intimidated by it. Like, okay, I need, I need to change diapers. I need to feed her every X amount of hours, but you've done it. Like, you know, like even when you hit a moment, like, Oh my God, she just peed all over the couch, which happened like four days ago. And you know, there's a million things going on. You're like, okay, you know what? I, I can do this. Like I've I've done it a million times over. So it's just not that big of a deal. Yeah. I watched your space the other day, uh, and, and Gonzo's commenting on it, and you were talking about uh Ben on there, um, who people I, we don't need to go deep into uh all of it, but it was a extremely emotional, um and just it was really just great to listen to you, Bertie. I mean you you um you you opened up uh, I think a beautiful place for a lot of anybody who was checking in and of course uh, uh, Ben was was uh, how long ago now one year right it was a one year anniversary one, one year and five days from today from right yeah. now yeah um yeah you know I I did it and you're right look we can we can get into football but I um I did it because look, I think anybody who who's ever dealt with a loss you can deal with it in a lot of different ways and I'm not saying there's a right way and there's a wrong way right I mean well some ways are obviously wrong but I if you want to be quiet about your loss, that's that's totally fine. That's up to you. If you want to talk about it, that's fine. I always just feel like it happened, um, and I I was public about losing Ben when we lost him because I was public that Steph was pregnant with him, so I kind of felt like I had to be. Um, I don't know. Maybe it helps one or two people. I mean, and if it does, then that's worth it. I don't mind talking about it. Obviously, I don't love talking about it. It's, it's a sad thing, but I I don't mind talking about like. We talk about all the great things that happen to us in our lives. Sometimes you have to talk about tough moments. At least I do. I do. Now, again, if, you, if, if somebody out there says, hey, man, that's not me, that's cool. I totally understand that. I get that. And you have to handle it in your way. But for me, um, that's just the way I've chose to handle it. Yeah. And just uh, the old karma piece of two cents here. You're doing it for you, man. Uh, people like it. Great. If they don't, great. If you help someone, great. I'm sure you have. Uh, and if you, and it, but that's not the point. It's 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 for you, dude. And um, you know, I just I, getting yourself expressed like that wherever it is, home, Twitter space, staying in the box. I think it's great. So, uh, you know, and you're not looking for my congrats, but um, you know, I listen. I've seen you do a lot of spaces. I and and sometimes I click on, sometimes I don't. This one's like, oh my, uh, I I'm I'm absolutely going to listen to what Matt has to say about it. And I thought it was I thought it was great. So um, not that that matters either, but it but I was just sitting there, just like. This is a, you, I, you know, Verteram is my dude. And um, so I just really appreciated you in the moment. But all right, let's talk draft here. You put on the rundown, Verdi. What's the biggest story entering the NFL draft? Uh, listen, I'll let you answer your own question here before I, before I jump in here. But uh, well, I'll, I'll, let me stop then. Go ahead. What do you think is the biggest story entering the draft right now? Um, I think it's got to be which teams end up scrambling for a quarterback and look there's obvious teams right like, there's obviously teams that are candidates for that basically the entire nfc south outside of, of tampa um pittsburgh is in that mix 
I don't know that I'd put Detroit in that mix. Could Detroit take a quarterback with 32? Yeah, but I don't know they'd scramble to take a quarterback, right? So I think it's a little bit different. Uh, Seattle, of course, is on our team. None of these quarterbacks should be top 10 picks. None of them. And and this comes from somebody who I really like, Malik Wills. I really do. But he shouldn't be a top 10 pick. Um, I'm going to disagree with you. Okay. All right. Well, no, that's fine. And that's that's fine, right? But that that's what makes it such an interesting storyline to follow. Like, there is such a high variance of opinion on these guys. I see Malik Willis as a top 20-level pick. I don't see any of these other guys as a first-round pick. I like Matt Corral. Like, I, I could see – like, if the Lions took him at 32, I could see it. Ritter, to me, is not a first-round pick. Pickett's going to be a first-round pick. I do, I do not get it. I don't. Maybe – and you know what? I always say this. I root for players. I honestly hope that I am dead wrong. But I just – I do not see it. I don't – Gonzo asks if the commanders have a first-round pick. They do, and that's a good call by Gonzo. They could also take a quarterback. Um, 11. Yeah. I just don't see – like, to me – but you know. You know there are going to be teams that, that panic and do it. You know it's going to happen. The Panthers, to me, are suspect number one, two, three, and four because Tepper – is a very hands-on owner, gave a ton of money to Matt Rule. That thing has not gotten off the ground in two years. Now we go into year three. They have Sam Darnold. They know they can't win with Sam Darnold. If they don't win this year, Rule's probably out the door, and Rule knows it. So do you see a panic move there? That, to me, is the interesting storyline. And if a quarterback goes early, is there like a mini run on guys? All of a sudden, does Pittsburgh try to trade up? The Seattle right. take a guy because they get spooked a little bit. Like, I'm, I'm very interested to see how it shakes. Well, it's the run on quarterbacks and the and the run on receivers that's super interesting to me. But like, look, who do you think you think clearly Malik Willis has the highest upside, right? I do. Yes. So, okay. So if if he hits, if you're wrong, how good is he? With his well, skill I, set, I think he's going to be a good player. I just think he's really raw, and I think there's a lot now. The upside, I think, is tremendous. I think upside wise, like if he hits his ceiling, he could be an elite level quarterback. Which is that's that's my point. Listen, you you have to draft, and when you're drafting a quarterback, I think what makes the most sense is you you're looking for elite. You are taking a shot at the top of the food chain, and Malik Willis true, is true. He's he's the guy that could do it. So is he worth? If you're sitting. They're at number six, and you're the Carolina Panthers. I, to me, that's a no-brainer. If you're sitting there at eight, and you're the Atlanta Falcons, and he's, and he's there, you take him, and you trust in your ability to develop the QB, and, and, you're, and you're looking to hit the home run because that's a total game-changer for your franchise. You're, if, you get, if you had a home run, and the way things are going this offseason, it's like if you had a home run on a wide receiver – I guess that's like second most huge nowadays, even bigger than an edge rusher, which I know that we're, you know, we're going to have a nice conversation about Kayvon Thibodeau in a second here. But like, it's just the, the offseason has been incredibly bizarre what's gone on with wide receivers uh, getting traded and all, all starting, by the way, uh, when, when the, my, you know, who, what, why am I drawing a blank right now? When, uh, you, we we saw receivers getting incredibly overpaid, and all of a sudden Christian Kirk is getting thirty eight million guaranteed, and then everybody freaks out because the Jaguars go nuts, change the whole market. 
So now it's like, and, and this is supposed to be a huge wide receiver draft. So do people jump up and draft wide receivers a ton? Uh, you know, I, and I, I would assume they will. But my thing is, who's going to take Malik Willis? Who's going to take a shot at this? And and to me, uh, that that's the potential home run sitting out there for for someone who's willing to do it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, and by the way, I'm not meaning to be rude. I know I'm like looking down at my phone. Like the reason was, by the way, shout out to my agent, Debbie Spander. This is why you get an agent. So she texted me during this podcast. She's like, I think your Twitter just got hacked. Like, really? Like, I have two-factor authentication, right? She's like, yeah, it, you just got logged in from Moscow. Like, that's not good, right? But I was still logged into my account. So, like, on the fly here, I just changed all my passwords Good looking out by Debbie. Save me from getting hacked from. Uh, how does how the Greenwood. hell did De- how the hell did Debbie know that you got hacked by Moscow? Because because her email account is in my bio, so it automatically sends her a a, a warning essentially. Um, so that was huge. Um, Verderam Moscow. Apparently, yeah, yeah, Kremlin Verder. Yeah, who who would have thought, right? But. Uh, <laughs> So she saved me from a real, real, real headache. Um, Putin's but, coming after you, buddy. Uh, well, who isn't these days? Um, all right. So look, um, with with the draft, with the draft, the quarterbacks are fascinating to me. And then I did a space just right before we came on here on Twitter that I, I just wanted to touch on this real quick. So I think half the picks in the first round are going to be receivers and edge rushers, and. What's going to be interesting is, and you kind of you brought this up, the receivers. The, the salaries have gone so nuts with receivers now. If you're taking a guy in the first round, you're factoring in that fifth-year option, right? Like more so than you would on other players. Not to say that you wouldn't factor it in on a defensive tackle, but having that fifth-year control now really seems to matter. Because I wonder how many receivers are getting second and third contracts with their current teams. I mean, if, you, if, the, if the going rate for a receiver is going to be 25 to $30 million a year for any guy who has 1,000-plus yards, I mean, you're not paying that guy. I, I Look, everybody knows how I feel about the Tyree Kill trade on here. I have been very, very upfront, and we've talked a lot about that, right? I think the Chiefs got worse in the immediate by, by losing him. I also do not blame them at all for not paying him $70 million guaranteed. Like that is, and and I don't blame the Packers with Adams either. And I don't, I don't like that either one of those teams lost those guys. I would have understood if they had paid him, but you're starting to get to a point where like that's quarterback money for some of these guys, no receiver. I don't care who he is. Nobody in this league is worth what a quarterback's worth. None of them, a quarterback. Look, if you put Tyree Kill on a really bad team, they're winning four games. Okay, I don't care what he does. If I put Patrick Mahomes on a bad team, that team's making the playoffs. Like, borderline playoffs at worst. They, I mean, look at Peyton Manning all years, the Colts. That team, the second he wasn't there, won two games. Every year he was there, they won 11. Okay, so it's going to be interesting. If you're a team taking a receiver, how much of that do you factor in? So... It's. I agree with you, and I've always thought, of course, it's the quarterback, which is why when Devontae leaves to the Raiders, I'm like, I don't think the Packers are going to fall apart. But then, I mean, you've said it, and not everybody else. Well, who the who the hell is he going to throw the ball to? Right. And so, so 
you have to look at what's going on in the league. These people get paid to do this, and this is what they're doing. Now, everyone is saying that the receiver market is completely gone off the rails and got and people are getting overpaid, but then you have Debo and DK Metcalf and AJ Brown and Terry McLaurin are all sitting out there like, well, you're going to be kicking down for me. And most, and most guesses right now are that everyone's going to pay. Then maybe the Seahawks will trade DK because they traded Russell and they're just going to do a full rebuild. But other than that, people expect the 49ers to pay for Debo. Like, okay, this is the going rate. The salary cap's exploded. Would, would you pay him? Like, let's say yeah, he wants $30 million a year. Let's say he wants four years, 120, 90. Uh, let's, say, let's not say 90. Let's say four years, 120, $80 million guaranteed. Would you give it to him? The argument in giving it to him is the minute he walks out the door, you are worse. That's that is the reality. Worse, and and it's it's just what you said about Tyreek. So, am I going to trust that my GM, me, is going to draft that well? When you look at the history of the draft, these are these are the top people evaluating football. They're supposed to be you know, football savants, you look at, right. you, you look at the drafts, the last five years, 31%, one out of three end up getting a second contract who are drafted in the first round. They missed two out of three times. So, yep. you know, you've got an elite player who makes your, and, and this is the going rate. Am I going to be like, yeah, the going rate's crazy. I'm not paying it. And I'm going to bet on myself in the draft. That's a, that's a tough position, man. I agree. I agree. Um, but, and, and by the way, look, I, Ed asks, is there a bubble for receiver salaries? Yeah. I, I mean, I think at some point here that bubble is going to, there's no way to me, like the cap's going to keep going up. So salaries will continue to go up, but it's just, look, at some point here, if it's not the rare air guy, you're just, you're not even going to consider paying to be that. And I, I would make the argument if a team called the Niners up and offered the same package for Hill that they offered for Samuel, I would, I would honestly, I would take the deal. I mean, how many guys can you get? How many guys can you get for that kind of money? It's crazy. I wouldn't pay AJ Brown that money, and I love AJ Brown. DK Metcalf, I'm not paying him that. Like I, to me, those guys are all second round picks, by the way. Like not say so that's easy to replicate. I wouldn't do it. I and I and I think there's a argument to be made that you can, but man, and the argument is there for guys like Adams and Hill and Samuel and guys like that. But these other, these like next tier guys, there's no way in hell I'm paying them that. Right. And well, some you're, team will. Some team will. Well, look at what happened with Christian Kirk. I mean, that that's not that's that's a drop down, and he's getting 38 guaranteed. And he's he's resetting the whole damn market. Thank you, Jacksonville. Uh, hey, let's hear what we. I talked to the goat yesterday, uh, or one of the goats, however you want to have your goat conversation. Jerry Rice, damn it. Um, this was him on Debo, by the way, of whether or not the 49ers should keep him.
Jerry doesn't have a great feel what's going to happen. And uh, just speaking to the GOAT's work ethic. Uh, listen. The hat, by the way, is fantastic. Right? <laughs> who couldn't see it, his hat says GOAT. <laughs> and he's he's normally not that guy either. Like, I, I've talked to him a couple times now, and he just he just pops up this time. He's, right. I, I think they were telling him, "Hey, can we wear the goat hat?" Yes, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll I'll wear the goat hat. Uh, we'll have the full the full interview will be up on Stack in the Box. I think uh, tomorrow. Um, so then here's Jay Ward. I might pay Debo twenty five. I'm not going to pay him thirty. Like you know, that's right. That's the conversation. Well, what's the line? And how and how do you? Some point there is one, but you're right. It's a hard one to find. And I think, look again, I would not criticize the Niners if they paid him that money. He's a great player, and and he's earned that money. Like he's well, he's earned a lot of money. He's earned thirty million a year. I don't know that any receivers earn thirty million a year, but he's earned whatever he can get, and that that's credit to him. But I do think, like, look, when the Chiefs traded Tyree Kill, because I know we got a lot of Chiefs fans in here, so I'll I'll use them as the example instead of Adams and the Packers. When the Chiefs traded Tyree Kill, I thought they were insane. But then you saw the contract that they that that Hill got with Miami. And I talked to some people close to the situation. You understand, look, the thought process is essentially it's five draft picks, including two in the top 50, and it's essentially $75 million in cap space. Now, the, the rub of that is you have to make that work. You, you have to make it work. Like the Chiefs have all these assets they got from this Tyree Kill trade. They got those five picks and the, and the cap, okay? That means jack if you get bad players with those assets. So really, I know people always like to assign the winners and losers of this stuff. But ultimately, I think it matters, or the answer lies in who you end up getting. Of course. That's what you need. And I, right, and that's an obvious answer, but people love to do this whole like, well, the, the res- you can't base it off results. It's off process. Bullshit. This is the National Football League. Everything is based off result. Everything. Now, you can have a really good year of results and have a crappy process, and that's not going to hold up over the course of time. And that's fine, right? We can all agree on that. But in the NFL, okay, if the Chiefs make this trade twice, right, in two different parallel universes, and in one universe, they draft a Hall of Famer in the first round this year, and they get two other guys who can really contribute, and they sign three really good free agents, and they win two Super Bowls in the next three years, then yeah, that's a pretty damn good trade. On the flip side, if they draft five guys who can't play and sign two guys who are a bust, and they don't go to the Super Bowl for the next decade, and Tyree Kill's putting up 1,400-yard years with two in Miami, then yeah, it's a horrible trade. So look, I, that all said, uh, to put a bow on this, with Debo, just as an example, because I think he's the best of the bunch, if you're the Niners, I will put it this way. If you can get a huge haul for him and you don't want to pay him the $30 million, I don't have a problem with that. I do have a problem with if they were to somehow lose the guy in, like, free agency. Like if a team bungled that, right? Like, if, if somehow they, like, negotiated, 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 and then all of a sudden, for whatever the reason, they you know, they, they lost him, whether it was a year after the tag. Like, quite honestly, you know, he's not the same level of player. But, like, how the Bears lost Allen Robinson. Sure. Like, to me, that's insane. Either pay the guy or trade him, but you can't lose him and go, well, we got a comp pick. Who cares? I mean, right. you, you better, right. That you can't do. That right. you cannot do. Right, right. Well, and listen, everything the Bears do, you basically can't do. That's uh, also fair. The, yes. They've got the least amount of picks uh, 
well, they're the third least this month, this year. And over the last five years, they've had the least amount in the NFL. And, and, and what have they gotten for it? Nothing. Um, you know, you're, you're sitting here with a barren roster. So that's a uh, shout out to uh, the good luck to Ryan Poles. Uh, Cause you, you can't do worse than what Ryan Pace did. All right, here, let, let's, let's move along here. But by the way, like to your point, look, uh, Devonte Adams was picked 53. The Chiefs have two second round picks. One of them's number 50. You find the next Devonte at 50. Great train. You know, I mean, <laughs> right, of course, right. I mean, that, that is ultimately, and yes, we we're going to move on here, but that is truly everybody gets so into the whole, well, you know, the war of this trade and, and all the process that's all nonsense in the NFL. You think these guys are sitting there and trying to figure out like what the war, of the trade is. They're just trying to get into the best situation they can. I remember when I wrote last year, and this actually this caused like a legitimate stir on Twitter, which I was I was proud of. Um, I wrote a piece detailing the Chiefs' entire offseason and every move that they made and how they and how they came about it. I talked to a lot of of people around that situation for the story. And um, China hack. I written uh, no no. This time, just <laughs> my dad just made fun of the Yankees. Um, and so. Long story short, Orlando Brown, the trade from from Baltimore to Kansas City, that trade, when the Ravens and Chiefs were trying to figure out what the value of of the player and the picks were and how they're going to make it all work, and if you remember, there were a lot of picks involved to try to smooth everything out. Those two teams used an online draft calculator. That's how they figured it out. Okay, Now, these aren't two bum franchises. One's been to multiple Super Bowls in the last three years and won one of them. The Ravens are a model of consistency. And those two teams sat down with an online draft calculator to figure out that trade. And then you have people who like galaxy brain these things. Like, well, I have this model that shows, look, you think these guys have time to sit there and and they're all going to agree on the same model? That's not how this works. They sit down and they hammer out a business deal. That's what it is. And, and, And whether or not it worked out, like, that trade, year one, the Chiefs won that trade. The Chiefs won that trade. Brown was terrific. He was a pro bowler. He he solved a ton of their issues. And the Ravens couldn't block for Lamar Jackson. I mean, now Owe, who they, they drafted in that round, ends up being a good pick. By the way, that second-round pick the Chiefs had, Creed Humphrey. The Chiefs won that trade. Sure. Now, that's the way it goes. If the Chiefs draft two guys who stink, or the Chiefs draft guys who stink and Brown doesn't play well, they lose the trade. Welcome to the NFL. Right. It, well, it's all about process here. Like, it, you, you're, you're going to get some right, you're going to get some wrong, but how, how you go about it and how you analyze your own guys and what's actually happening out there. Yeah. If, if, if the, the Niners look like, hey, man, you trust me, Debo's value to this team in the huddle, on the field, uh, making plays in the locker room, he's worth it. Well, then, you know, then you do it. If, if right. you think that right. you're putting him in a great position to win and other people could step into that void, well, and you're going to get x amount of picks okay uh so it's it's that's why you get paid the big money all right let's let's move on to my favorite player in the draft verteram um sure. yeah so we're 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 debating where oh where will Kayvon Thibodeau go most people I think are assuming it's going to be in the top five and most likely with the Jets who apparently he's had some great meetings with but this guy is just incredibly entertaining both on and off the field I, he's like my favorite he's i think he's my favorite guy in the whole damn draft 
I mean, it, it's insane what's coming out of his mouth, but I really enjoy it. This dude said, they asked him a question, what's the most ridiculous thing you've heard coming up around the draft that's been asked to you? And his response was, the most ridiculous thing I've heard is that I'm not the best player in this draft. I really don't listen to anything else, but that to me, that's outrageous. All right, baby, put yourself on the playing field. I mean, come on. Anybody who says I'm not the best player here, that's just insanity. Got to love the confidence here, Verderam. He's crazy, but he's beautiful. I, I talked to him at the Combine. Yeah. I, I love talking to him. I, I mean, it was just at a, a press conference. It wasn't one-on-one or anything, you know, but he was he was really interesting. Um, I thought he was really smart, really insightful. I Is the guy – does the guy have an ego? Yeah, I, guys, everybody in this league has an ego. Every single – you think there are guys in the NFL that don't – you don't think Patrick Mahomes has an ego – the size of Texas, of course, of course he does. Of course he does. You have to at that level. Now, some guys hide it better than others. Okay, some guys are more mature about it than others. But I, I will say this for Kayvon Thibodeau. You haven't heard anything about the guy off the field. Like, there's any issue off the field that I'm aware of. Well, no, but the, they, they, the people he gets jumped on that. He went to Oregon because he wanted to be close to Nike, and he was thinking about his businesses, and he's making a ton of money in NIL. And, and people are like, ooh, he's got other interests you know, other you than know, football. You know what kills me with that crap? And you, I, you probably know what I'm going to say. Do you think guys in friggin' Alabama aren't getting paid like before the NIL deals? I mean, the only thing that's changed with the NIL deals – let me rephrase it, not the only. One of the one of the main things that changed with those deals is you now just have the money out front and everybody sees it. I mean, you don't think these guys are getting paid before NIL deals. Like all of a sudden now these kids are getting money. I mean, now it's just legitimized, so to speak. But these guys are getting paid. And as far as Thibodeau goes, if you turn on the tape and watch him, he's insane. The guy can play, man. Like I now listen. There are legitimate – there's been a lot of chatter in leagues. And I've had people tell me – I've even – me personally had a couple people tell me they worry about his motor. Okay, fine. And I'll hear that. I'll hear that. But the bottom line is, like, to me, I do worry about a guy who the motor thing is an issue. But I got – and I've only watched a handful of games. I'm not a draft evaluator. But when I've watched him, because I've been curious to see about this whole effort thing, I don't see a huge issue. I don't. I mean, that kid is screaming off the edge. I would take Aiden Hutchinson. I would if, if you gave me the choice of the two. I take. I just think Hutchinson's a slightly better player. Okay. <clears throat> and in full disclosure, I spent two days with the kid, and I think I think the world to him, and I, I got to really get to know his father, Chris, very well. I think his, I think his father's top notch, but I think Aiden's a, a slightly better player, even just just taking all that away, just on the field. But Kayvon Thibodeau, like if I'm sitting there in the top five and I need an edge rusher and Hutchinson's off the board, I'm taking Kayvon Thibodeau. That kid is electric. So I I think I actually agree with, and I'm not anywhere close to a draft expert, but what I've watched, I'm like, I doubt there's a better player in the draft than this dude. He is the he's the quintessential explosive guy coming off the edge. How many of those guys are out there? Not many in the history of the NFL. I, I don't know who he reminds you of, but there's – and I'm not saying he's going to be Lawrence Dam Taylor. I mean, from but, from just his athletic profile, I'm not – and I don't think he's going to be yeah. as good as his player. <clears throat> Excuse me. A little bit of a cough. Um, Von Miller. Sure. 
Khalil Mack, some yeah, something I mean, like that. It doesn't mean that I think he's going to end up being a first ballot Hall of Famer like Von Miller is. Okay, if I thought that, I'd say he'd take him first overall. But in terms of just the, the way he, he plays, his athleticism, his bend, his explosiveness, I, I could see a little bit of Miller. But keep in mind, every year, these top 10 guys, half these guys are going to end up being a washout. You just are. It's the way, it's the, way the league works. Well, well the, the concern is that he's a little bit undersized and that, he, and that he's – yeah. His, that he's not going to be able to get to the quarterback as as easily in the NFL as he did in college, which of course is true, and that he won't be able to, with despite his enormous skill set, he's not going to be creative enough to overcome the additional size he's going to be facing every Sunday. I don't know, man. The dude's six four two fifty four. He's got a he runs a four six, and his his get off is off the charts. But forget about all that. The dude's he had 19 sacks in 32 college games. I mean, he's just I, – I, I don't know. Um, it's uh, To me well, – then, And then on the flip side, I know we got Ben Heisler here. We're going to welcome him in a second. On the flip side, you hear a lot of talk now that George's Trayvon Walker is going to go number one overall. Trayvon Walker, from a statistical standpoint, did nothing in college. Nothing. And yet these people are like, well, you got to take him because he's got traits. I mean, that is to me – and I'm not saying this about Trayvon Walker. Maybe he turns out to be a great player. That is insanity to me. Hey, look, he's never done anything at the college level that's worth talking about. But let's let's make sure we take him and put because right now, okay, so he's according to his college sports reference page. I don't have his draft profile page up, so I'm sure this is off by a couple pounds. But he's six five, two seventy five. Okay, he played three years at Georgia. He had nine and a half sacks. It's six last year, three and a half the years before that. Okay, I, I mean, I I love that he's got explosiveness and he and he's got all these tools and te- okay, fine. He he hasn't been productive on any not not anywhere near anyway. Uh, the, you know the way that other guys have been at, at the top tier level, you know Hutchinson and Thibodeau and, and Jermaine Johnson. Like I, it's amazing to me how many people are just like it doesn't matter that he wasn't able to get guys on the ground. Now, now, again, I got no problem taking the kid in the first round. He got tr- okay, fun, but I, I'm a big believer in like, okay, but did you did you actually produce? I mean, six five two seventy two. Okay, according to his actual adjustment. And, and listen, he's a freak of an athlete. We're in a four five one. Anything? Okay. Oops, got the little. Well, uh, here's how to know. The little ad there. Sorry, I apologize. We're in a four five one forty yard dash. So I mean. His, his, his talent, his athletic profile is off the charts. But you're you're taking him over Hutchinson and Thibodeau. There's no way in hell I'm doing that. Based off of what, what you think he might be, which I get is part of the draft process. Right. Of course, he's a kids, right? You're 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 projecting a little bit. But to me, like that's just nuts. It's like when teams take some receiver who had like 600 yards in college. It's like his top line number. Like, well, I think in the, in the NFL he's going to be t- a twelve hundred yard guy. Why? What makes you think that? I, I, I'm just, I'm blown away by by some of these people. Trying to be the smartest guy in the room is is one of the dangerous things you can do. And it's also, hey, I mean, I don't know. Were, were the Chiefs the smartest in the room when they when they drafted Patrick Mahomes? Probably they were. Uh, you know, you you drafted Mahomes ahead of Watson. I'll, you know, forget about the whole Mitchell Trubisky thing, uh, even though I just brought it up again for the zillionth time. But that was a, you know, that was a bold, bold move 
So it worked out. But in general, you take you make sure as sure of a bet as you can make because it's yeah. a credit and especially yeah. early. You get in right. the third, fourth round. There's sure. some guy with massive upside. Hey, I, I yeah. hear that. I yeah. get that. Yeah. But you're in the top five. Okay, first of all, there's a reason you're in the top five. Second of all, like go get a guy who can play. And, and by the way, I think Trayvon Walker is going to be a very good NFL player. I do. I really I genuinely do. But I think to draft him ahead of Hutchinson or Thibodeau, that I just don't get. I don't get. Maybe, maybe time proves me wrong. Maybe he turns out to be a Hall of Famer. Good on him. I would take the kids that are proven. Now, if you want to take him as a third pass rusher, cool. But I the first two guys, there's no way I'd pass him those. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Lucas, great stuff today. Uh, let's bring in our guy, Ben Heisler, managing editor, bet-sided, ready to rock and roll. Looking very athletic today, Heis, uh, with his... Uh, Amazing television, which uh, got us some good buzz last week. Made I what still, was it nine? I still contend, Carm. That and I had a conversation with uh, with my old man over over the weekend when I was back home because he's still uh, and he's very technology obsessed. Uh, he still has a, a plasma screen uh, sitting in his den from uh, I think the same year. It's Panasonic from twenty oh eight. So you got two examples. Fourteen year career. Uh, still performing at a at a very high level. So I t- t- continue to work. It hasn't hasn't stopped yet. It's gonna it's gonna stay in the house until it breaks. Verim, I know you. It, you know, I'm sure you watched back last week's show, but in case you didn't, we just asked Ben how many moves that TV has made it through, and the answer was what? Answer was eight. Eight moves, Verim. <laughs> eight. Wow. <laughs> eight moves. Good for you. Yeah, I'm a big. I'm I'm a like when I moved into this house. Uh, God, it would have been 20 September 2018. So, we we moved in. I told my wife, so I don't care what you do with the whole rest of the house, I don't care what you do. You paint it pink flowers for all I care. I want one room in the basement. I want, in fact, I really want the whole basement, but we negotiated down to one room in the basement. And I got my office, okay. And I wanted to just be whatever I wanted to be. But the, the deal was, I had to build it out with my, with my father in law because it was just studs. So, when it was finished, so look. I'm going to Best Buy. I'm getting the biggest television that I, I that I can fit in here without being a complete tool, and uh, that's what I did, and I and I love it. I will have that TV as long as it'll last. I got the sound bar, the whole. I mean, I I went all in, um, but uh, that's me- only because I'm basically I am worried about furnishing one room in this household. The rest of it is completely. I mean, you're you're just a beautiful man. Let me have let me have my basement where I can do everything that my four year old self wants, and yeah. and 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 I'll be an adult once I leave here. All I right, got the TV. I got I got NBA Jam and Space Invaders behind there me. We. We're good. We're, the, re- <laughs> the rest of this house, I don't care. You can be the adult, do whatever you want to do. That's fine. Okay, I don't. Take whatever. How, Take full liberty. How often? Because I've been asking myself this question because occasionally I'll see the NBA Jam arcade game. I mean, it's either that or NFL Blitz for me is the addition that I want to add on. How how often do you play it? How often do you say, all right, I need like a 10, 15-minute mental break, play a little NBA Jam? Because I feel like that would be the motivating factor for me to have it downstairs. 
I, I got to admit, I hate to admit this. I don't play nearly as much as I should okay. because I always end up like, you know, either, either Maisie and I are hanging out or I'm working or something's going on. But if I, if I crank it up, I play it for like four hours. <laughs> because it also connects to Wi-Fi. Like it connects to like a, a, a countrywide server. So you can play people all over the country. So it, I mean, now Space Invaders <laughs> earlier model can't do that. Obviously it's also just a one player deal. NBA Jam, it connects, and it also it's like three different NBA Jams. It's it's uh, NBA Jam, NBA Jam Tournament Edition, NBA yeah. Hang Times. So like, um, oh wow, I didn't know it, that. Yeah, it's got all three of the games in it. Did it you- was the best thing that happened was when I bought it. Our our company's founder Zach Best was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." And then a week later, sent me a picture, and he he bought it for his house. So I had to have it, but I play it. Uh, probably a couple times a month. I'd love to play more, but if I play, I get so into it that then I'm just I'm in it for the long haul. If you rewind the tape, there was a moment there where Ben's face turned into like, okay, I'm getting it. There was like, oh, no. there's t- tournament style. Yes, you did. But okay, maybe you won't. Maybe you're not all the way there. But the, oh, I like, saw like uh, getting it is in like this is going to be an addition, not like all right, Verderam, I get it. No, it was it was very much the first one where now I'm very intrigued because I, I right. played all three of those different ones. They have them at the the different arcade bars. Uh, which I haven't been to in, in probably a couple of years now because of the, the pandemic and everything like that, but I'll have to get back. Yeah, this is going to be a circled item for your guy. The, the, the next the next one is going to have to be Top Golf. Right. That's a that's big that. that that now that is a major time suckage. I, I actually play. do have there it's it's called Five Golf. I got room for a third one. I it's called Five Golf, and I still haven't set it up in the basement yet, but it's like it has the weight of a club, but it's only like yay big. And, and that's, please don't screenshot that because that's going to be a, a whole other you know fun conversation for another time. Um, but you can set it up to that TV and you can have like a $200 golf simulator in your house with like a weighted club. Um, oh, and nice. I got that, I got that for you know maybe a couple of years ago as a birthday present. Uh, and that's another thing that that should just be living on that screen. And, you know, every every hour or so, I just go and take five swings and get back to work. I feel like I'd be actually much more productive if this was set up right behind me today. There you go. Space Invaders, yes. Me and Sh- we, have, we have an arcade right next to the office here at, 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 in good old – I'm not – I don't live Verderam's money. I'm not buying – or Heisler's money, apparently, of buying these machines. I just go next door to the, to the barcade. Relatively speaking, they're not that expensive. Like, I'm not saying that – like it's just like throwaway money. It certainly isn't. But like it's not as I it certainly was not I think I think it was four hundred bucks. Four hundred dollars for yeah. NBA Jam. That's a good that's a, yeah. that's a steal. Four hundred dollars for NBA Jam, bad, right? Like I would I thought it was way more than that. I forget where I saw it. It was like some advertisement. I was like, oh gosh, things make a grand. It's like four hundred bucks. Golf simulator with two hundred card. Like this is this is the day I understand. Work for your, day's work for you. Right, I'm right, right, right. right four hundred dollars. It's a lot, but I'm just saying, like, you would think it'd be a lot more than no. It's good, good investment. Bucks. Good investment. Me an hour to assemble it. Boom. On, done. on next week's show, I'm gonna I'm gonna have it set up for you guys, and, and we can uh, we can go over. <laughs> we, you guys can can evaluate uh, the the one Benny High swing. All right, let, let, looking forward to it. All right, let's do business here, yeah. uh, Ben. We got three things for you today. Number one. Which guys are the best bets to go early? First quarterback taken. What what are we looking at here? Let's make some dough. Yeah, I I know that the consensus was on Malik Willis for a long time, impressed everybody during the NFL Combine. There was a ton of conversation around him, but he hasn't really separated 
from the pack. And there continues to be more names that creep up and up on the board over at WinBet to basically take his place. He's minus 200, so still a substantial favorite. But a couple names to consider. The first is Kenny Pickett, depending on whether or not you're buying into the fact that uh, Carolina would take a swing at him. He is considered the most accurate quarterback in the draft. Um, I also, whenever guys continue to just get pounded as far as what their their negative aspects are ahead of the draft, it tends to be a bit of a smokescreen for Pickett. It was all about the hand size, which we remember. But, I mean, he's plus 120. There's there's a lot of rumored interest in Pickett, just a question of who and where. Um, so it wouldn't shock me at all if he ends up being the guy. And I think the other really interesting name to consider uh, is Desmond Ritter over at Cincinnati. It's still a long shot, but he's at 9-1 to right now over at WinBet. So that would be the third quarterback taken off the board behind Willis and Pickett. This guy started off consensus at 30-1. to So he was behind Matt Corral. He was behind Sam Howell. Um, he was probably going to go off as the fifth quarterback. And slowly but surely, you started to see more money start to come in Uh, more sharp money coming in on Ritter. Do I think he'll be the first quarterback overall? Probably not, but considering where that movement has gone, uh, there's some inherent value that's sitting on the board, especially if a lot of these teams that we think might go quarterback pass on a quarterback, and now you're talking about a guy that's still maybe considered an end-of-a-first-round graded option, and maybe in the late part of the first round, if none of these guys are off the board, maybe Ritter's sitting there and he provides tremendous value. I'm right now searching for my Desmond Ritter fan-sided story, uh, which was about him wanting to win the college football playoff for all the little schools. I love that kid. He's he was awesome to talk to. I'm not. I don't know if he's going to be good or not, uh, but I, I just I like him a lot. Rooting for Desmond Ritter. All right, topic two, Benny. Let everyone wants to know wide receivers. Who do you, who do you got here? You, you, are you all in on Garrett Wilson? I really like him. I, I I think everything about his game is really exciting. He can be a elite level possession receiver you can play him in the inside you can play him on the outside um yeah i i think the the fit with a team like atlanta makes all the sense in the world um and, and even for for somebody like london who is starting to uh, creep up a little bit and just by far the best 50 50 wide receiver option in the draft a guy that's going to be able to go up um i read um i think it was liz Lo- liz loza over at yahoo writing about his basketball background and his ability for for separation um, but the fact that he hasn't run a 40 time might scare some teams away. You kind of just know what you're getting with Wilson. And that's uh, somebody that can be as versatile as you need him to be great speed on the outside, like just sort of a do it all, uh, really solid, reliable option that if you're going to take as the number one wide receiver off the board, it's both a high upside play and also a high floor play at the same time. I, I just think there's no question marks with him. Maybe you'd like him to be an inch or two taller. He's you know measured in at about six feet, but I, I I think he's by far and away the number one wide receiver on the board. And yeah, there's a couple names that are creeping up by him, but I think it's smoke at this point. And I think there's still good value on him on the board at Wimbed. Four and ten if the Jets go Thibodeau and Wilson, that would be an exciting day if I was a J E T S Jets 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 fan. It'd be a big spin, but I would I would be excited about it. Uh, all right, number two overall. I mean, I, I find number one overall to be interesting here as well, but uh, go ahead, number two. The only reason I went with number two is I feel like you have a better value opportunity. I would be surprised if it's anybody other than, than Aiden Hutchinson going number one to Jacksonville. 
Um, but my, my old colleague, um, Frankie Tadeo over at Sports Illustrated, uh, has reported that there is a lot of sharp money coming in on Trayvon Walker to be the number one overall pick. Um, I, again, there's still a lot of movement there. And at number one right now at WinBet, you have Hutchinson at minus 320. So there's no good value there outside of that. But at number two, um, let's say Hutchinson does go off the board. You can get Walker, who is probably that likely number two overall pick at two to one odds. And then if for whatever reason, Walker goes number one to Jacksonville, there's no chance that Detroit's staying away from Hutchinson and you can get him at plus 225. So rather than try to guess the number one pick, I think you have as good of a chance as any to get positive value on either the top two edge rushers in this draft in both Hutchinson and Walker. Well, Walker, I don't know if he's necessarily qualifies uh, as an edge rusher, more of a sort of a defensive end that eventually can work into becoming a very good pass rusher. But those two are, are the pretty much the consensus top two picks in this draft, and both are available over at WinBet in that number two spot at plus money. So even if you're strongly believing that it's going to be Hutchinson number one, you can get Walker at two to one. You can get Hutchinson at plus 225 to hedge that bet a little bit and get plus value wherever you go. Did everybody pay attention there because Heist just made you some dough? Not, a, you know... Not a little huge dough, but uh, a nice little play, right? Enough dough to go out and get NBA jam. Right, That's right, exactly right, exactly right. Uh, and anything else popping draft wise, Ben, that you want to mention? Or are we good? I think that's what I've seen right now. That's been uh, the, the most intriguing option. I there are some reports, and and not report, not necessarily reports, but more sort of movement on which NFL teams are most likely to select these top quarterbacks on the board right now. The Panthers are the favorite at win bets to draft Malik Willis at plus 250. The Falcons are behind at plus 350. Um, I still like the Steelers in that conversation as well. I, I think that's not necessarily a, where a smoke there's fire type of conversation. I think there's genuine interest there. Uh, and I think because of the fact that Pickett played at Pittsburgh, you're getting a more of a narrative that they might have more interest in him. Um, but I actually think Willis is a more intriguing option in that spot. Uh, Pickett also plus 250 to go to the Panthers. He's plus 300 at the Steelers. Um, and then if you're considering the Saints in the mix, they're three to one as well. Um, I, I get it. Pickett has the accuracy that you want in this draft. They just had all those years with a very accurate quarterback and Drew Brees. Um, considering the options that they currently have, accuracy has been an issue in running their offense. So I suppose New Orleans and Pickett is in play. Um, but I, I think if I had to choose one of those, of all the different teams to draft either Willis or Pickett, uh, I like Pittsburgh at plus 350 on Willis. I, I think that's a good option, especially with a bridge quarterback in Trubisky that they have for the next couple of years. Real quick before you go, Lucas is writing his favorite line is Kyle Hamilton being drafted after 10 and a half. I'd love the line if it was nine and a half. But I don't think Hamilton goes top 10, even though I love him as a prospect. You got any thoughts on that there, Benny? I mean, Hamilton is somebody that could go either in the middle of the middle of the, you know, the top five to 10 or, or maybe slide a little bit, just depending on, on what you feel the, the needs are. Um, you know, I, he's obviously a highly graded prospect um, and somebody that I feel is going to be a very high floor guy, um, you know, highest According to NFL.com, he's the highest graded player in the draft, 6.81, with Hutchinson just a tad below him at 6.8. Um, like, I, I think the, the bigger question, and maybe this is more for, for you, Verderam, is, is how much emphasis are teams still putting on the safety position that early in the draft? 
we've seen some guys go in, in years past, but you, you tend to see them drop a little bit because the emphasis still is still on edge rusher, still on quarterback, still on wide receiver, um, and, and really sort of in, ensuring those positions. I, I just don't know how much level you have for a very good safety, uh, even somebody with uh, you know the pedigree of Hamilton right now. It's very rare you see safety go in the top ten picks. This is very rare, and Luke actually points it out. Micah Fitzpatrick, Derwin James fell. I mean, in my lifetime, how many guys – well, I don't want to say my lifetime. Eric Berry, baby. Right. Eric Berry is the rare guy who – I don't know that I ever can remember. Jamal Adams, too, with the top ten pick. Yep. I mean, you're, but you're talking very few, right? Earl Thomas was in the first, but he wasn't a top ten pick. As, as Lucas pointed out, Fitzpatrick and Derwin James fell out of the top ten. Most of those guys don't, you know, Chancellor was a second round pick. Um, most safeties, even top safeties, they fall. I, if I, if you said to me, bet your mortgage, top 10, I'd say, no, I don't think he's a top 10 pick. I think he should be, talent wise. I think he absolutely should be. But I don't think he will be because I think what you're going to see is a lot of edge rushers, top 10. You're going to see a couple tackles in Neil and Aquano. Maybe even Penning or Cross gets in there. You're going to probably see a quarterback. I never even rule out seeing two quarterbacks because all it takes is some team being desperate enough to trade up there and go after them. So, two. I, you, I mean, I'm in on two. You could see it, right? I mean, you could absolutely see two quarterbacks going. You could see the Panthers taking one. And I'm keeping my eye on the Saints. There is no way that that team made that move with the Eagles, which I still don't understand, unless they want a quarterback. Well, you got to get those picks. And if you look at those picks, what does it equate to? If they tr- if they package those picks on the Jimmy Johnson value terms, I know some teams still use, some don't. If you package those picks, where does it get them? Gets with the five, right ahead of Carolina. I don't think that was an accident. Panthers, Giants, Falcons, Seahawks, y'all need a quarterback. Every single damn one of you. Uh, I'll t- I'll take two of you t- taking a spin at it. If there's a spot that Hamilton could possibly go in the top 10, would we all agree that Seattle would probably be that spot? Yeah. I, I Yeah, because of the way they value the position. Yes. That's my thought process, too. But I, I do like the the over 10 and a half. I just think Seattle could could muck things up a little bit there. Also, does Seattle take him after paying Quandre Dix? I mean, they, they just, they just I, invested yeah. quite a bit. Uh, to me, it's an obvious over, but... I would take the over, personally. I would, too. All right, hey, Ben, great stuff. When's the next BetSided show? BetSided, actually, bit quick announcement. So we'll have Bet and Breakfast going live. We're back on the weekends, 11 a.m. Eastern time, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, and then I, I, I can actually announce this here. Um, the Daily Bet Slip is going to be a live everyday show, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern, right here on YouTube. So... If you're a stack in the box subscriber, make sure you guys had it yes. over. Check out the Bet Sided channel over on YouTube. It's going to be a daily show. We'll have guests. We'll have our favorite bets of the, of the day, bad beats, whatever is sort of on the world of betting and conversation heading into that slate of games that night. We will have you covered and it'll be a lot of fun. So the daily bet slip uh, starting on Monday, five o'clock Eastern. Get uh, get a little happy hour going with us over on the Bet Sided team. All right. All right. All right. Love it. Hey, Fansided.com forward slash bedsided for the written content. Subscribe to that YouTube channel. Ben, we'll see you next week, brother.
All right, gents. Talk to you soon. Ben Thanks. Heisler, ladies and gentlemen, managing editor, Bet Sided Verram. We got a quick wrap up to the show here. Yep. Uh, let's just run through this. Packers or Chiefs, better job replacing their wide receiver. To me, that's obvious. It's going to be the Chiefs. You've got 12 picks in the damn draft. Take some swings. Let's go. I would bet on on Kansas City all day. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think both teams can do it. The Packers. The reason I put it on there is the Packers' two first round picks are both ahead of the Chiefs' two right, first round picks. Right. However, 20, I think the Chiefs entered the draft in a better spot because they signed Juju, they signed MVS. Now, now listen, I'm not seeing either one of those guys are great. Although I actually think Smith Schuster's going to have a really good year for them. Like I could see that being the class. Like he goes and has 1,200 yards and then goes and gets like 15 million a year somewhere else. Okay, but. Um, they they're in a better spot. I also, though, will say, I I kind of feel, and, and Veach has not had to draft a lot of receivers since he's been there. It just it has not been a big thing for them. They've drafted Hardman. They drafted Cornell Powell late last year who didn't do anything. I feel like the Chiefs have a pretty good handle on, on what they have to do to put a, a, a good group around Mahomes. I also feel the same is true of Gutekunst with the Packers. The, the short answer is I think both teams – We'll do a nice job, but I do think the Chiefs are in slightly better position because of how they enter the draft. And also, as you mentioned, Carmen, you have to know that they have 12 picks. So I think they can maneuver the board a little bit more than the Packers can. Will they trade any one of their four seventh round picks? Can oh, you, God. Can you move a, can you move four? Uh, what is the four seventh rounders worth? Can you get one in the fifth for that? That's actually a funny question. Uh, and an interesting one. I don't, you know what? I, I should know that off the top of my head because I always look at those draft value charts. Um, let, let's pull it up for fun and see. Because the Bears have two picks in the in the fifth round. I'm wondering, can we have, does this make sense? Because okay, the Bears so need swings. I'm going off of draft techs uh, value charts. I'm not sure. If, I'm doing this so quick. I'm not sure if this is the exact like thing that you'd see for Jimmy Johnson or not. It might be. If it's not, I'm sure it's really close. Right, so the the Chiefs have in the in the draft they have two picks in each of the first four rounds, and then they have four in the seventh. Uh, that could get them a late sixth round pick. <laughs> so I think what you'll probably see, okay, is them they'll package a couple of those picks, attach it to like another I, pick, or I mean, I. I would just take swings. I take big swings. Well, that I was gonna say that's the other angle, right? Like if you're the end, you just say, "Look, we got four of these picks." <laughs> like now, the Chiefs have never been a franchise that shies away from guys with red flags. So would they be the team that's like, "Hey, this guy's got a big medical issue. We don't care." I mean they they drafted Trey Smith in the sixth round last year when. A lot of teams had him off the board. I mean, I did a lot of reporting on this. He was off a lot of teams' boards. And the Chiefs themselves had a very, very long, lengthy discussion on that day, on day three of that draft, about should we feel comfortable taking him? Because with COVID, they couldn't do the medicals they normally do. I mean, they well, they took him. They felt confident. They took him. He was, I mean, he was a he was a Pro Bowl level guard as a rookie. He was awesome. So would the Chiefs take four swings on guys like that and just go, you know what, screw it. Who cares? If we miss on all four of them, so what? What does it matter? Yeah, I think if they have those picks, knowing the way Brett Beach operates, that's exactly what they'll do. They'll take four huge cuts and hope they hit one or two of them. Yep. Hey, 
I, I in the history of t- franchises that I would tr- trust against wings, KC, you're you're probably at the top of the list. All right, let, let's wrap up with one more here for Ram. Yep. Uh, let's do the Raiders. Do we think the Raiders are a playoff team? Here you go, Derek Carr. We got you a Devontae Adams. Take us to the playoffs, baby, in an incredibly competitive division. We believe in you. Yes or no? I'll let you lead off on this one. Do you think they're one of the top seven teams in the AFC? I So I find it to be super interesting with the value of receivers and all the entire conversation that we had today. Uh, who made who? Devontae versus... Aaron, uh, or was it equal? To me, you were playing with Aaron, man. Ain't going to look the same. Getting, and I like Derek Carr. I am a Derek Carr me fan. Me too. Me too. So, but we're talking about Aaron. Uh, we're talking about goat levels. So, uh, top seven. I mean, is the whole AFC West going to make the damn playoffs? I, I think we did this exercise once before. I, I listen. If I had to bet on it, I'll say they squeak in. Give me a squeak in. Here, listen. I think they're absolutely contender to make the playoffs. And any Raider fan is going to just go, "Oh, it's because you're a Chiefs fan." Listen, I don't think they're a playoff team, and I'll tell you why. I think the Bills are clearly better. I think the Ravens are better, which I know Raiders fans might really push back on, but I think the Ravens are better. The Bengals are better. Yep. Um, the Chiefs are better, even with losing Tyreek Hill. They're still a better team because no. And I, I'm with you. I love. Derek Carr, but he's not Mahomes. Well, let's just be real. Mahomes gives him such an advantage off the jump. I like the Chargers better. Mm-hmm. I think I like Denver better. I think. I'm not sure about that one. I'm not either, I'm, as, as you can tell. Here's how I'd work this, okay? I think that Cincinnati, Kansas City, L.A., and Buffalo are all clearly better. That's my 14. Now, with the one caveat of that being, the Chargers, can they ever win anything? That team has been a wreck for years. Every year of my life, it feels like. They're like, oh, 13 wins, and they go 8-8. Eight eight. But I love Herbert, and I like the moves they made this offseason. So I'm going to ride with what I believe. Those four teams are better. Then you get into somebody's got to win the AFC South, whether it's Tennessee or Indianapolis. Do you think both of them are better? I like the Raiders comparatively to those two teams. I might take Indy over him by a smidge. I don't know. But you're basically asking me, and I like Baltimore. I'm a Baltimore guy. So for me, I like one of the teams in the South. I'll take Indy, okay? Baltimore, Cincinnati, that's three. Buffalo, that's four. Chiefs, Chargers, that's six. So for me, it's the Raiders against Cleveland. Miami, who I like the Raiders. I I like the Raiders more than both those teams. Um, It's... it's then is it De- are they better than Denver and Tennessee? I don't think Oakland or Oakland. I don't think Vegas beats all those teams out. So I'll say no. I think they have a shot. Um, and Hefe's asking me real quick, who do I think takes first in the West? I'm taking the Chiefs until they lose the division. I'm because to me, the one the huge advantage the Chiefs have, best coach, best quarterback. And that's inarguable. So like I, and and Quietly and very importantly, they have the best offensive line by a mile in that division. So, and I think defensively they'll get better in the draft. The draft is look nobody else has picks in that division. The Chargers don't have their second and their sixth. The Raiders don't have their first couple of uh, first and second. The, the Broncos have a second, but they're without their first and without the other second they were going to have. The Chiefs have a million picks. 
I will take the Chiefs in that division. I still think the Chiefs are the second best team in that conference, uh, but the gap is is now shrunk significantly, largely because of what other teams have done. Let's wrap it right there, brother. One hour of stack in the box. Hey, uh, if you could just uh, for all our diehards out there, if you could just pass this show along to one good friend and tell them, you know, you should really be subscribing to Stack in the Box. That's right. We would really appreciate that as we continue to try to grow the channel. Almost to 500. Almost to 500 subscribers, right. baby. One one subscriber at a time. So we, uh, we, we'd screw this up. We should have we should have talked this just the very beginning. We could, of course, do it next week. The draft on Thursday night. We are going to be live on this channel the entire first round. Carm, myself, guests will be coming in and out. If you want to watch draft coverage, I honestly will tell you, mute the television. Turn on ESPN, turn on NFL Network, whatever you want. Mute it. We'll be here. It's going to be Carm, myself. It's going to be streamed not only on Stack in the Box. It'll be on Carm's The Windy City podcast, streaming live there. Wow. It'll also be streaming live on the Arrowhead Attic stream. So we are going to blow out the coverage. We will be here. Um, and, and I really hope that everybody joins us. And if you're listening and you've not ever subscribed on YouTube, it's going to be a live show. So it's not going to be recorded audio-wise. Go to YouTube, check out Stack in the Box, hit the subscribe button. We will be here for literally what's probably going to be four to five hours. So we're going to be here all night long, Thursday, April 28th. And for the record, it, it will be a party. Uh, there will be alcohol is invited for this affair. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and maybe we can even bring some people on. Uh, yeah, bringing people on. Well, no, not. I'm t- I'm talking about bringing the Gonzos, uh, the the J Wards, the the, the have like you know something. Like, let's let's get some people in here. Let's have some fun here. But yeah, uh, a NFL draft night one. Where else would you rather be? So, all right, appreciate everybody. Ferdinand, great to be back with you, buddy. Good you to too, see- Carm. Happy to be back. Yep, yep. We will see you all next week for the regular show, 11 o'clock Central time next Tuesday, and then the draft next Thursday night. Thanks to Ben. Thanks to everybody for weighing in here. Appreciate everybody's help today, and we will see you next week.